0: Well, how's that going? Is that better,
1: guys?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. everyone has been smashed.
1: If everyone on chat could just report in that everything's fine.
0: (laughs) Um, Ah, Thank God. Yay. We got a nice little case on from Maddie. Yay.
1: Fantastic. Uh, Welcome to another crackpot edition (laughs) of... procast tuesday bloody night live and i tell you what i'll tell you what nicky and donkey i won't introduce you again because who can be stuffed but it's been <laughs> like it's been like this all day right so it started off this morning i had the day off today right because i had to do an online exam this afternoon at two o'clock so uh, at eight o'clock i get woken up by the sound of a jackhammer out the front of my house and I wander outside casually and see that uh, transporters, they have decided that uh, Scotch College need a better um, a better school crossing. Uh, I've probably just given away where I live now, but who cares? Uh, they need a better <laughs> school crossing. So, And they decided today was the day that they were going to dig up the old school crossing. Today being the day that I had an online exam in a room with a window facing the road. And my God, mm, all day... Think- all day, I had jackhammer. I could even play a video to drive people crazy. Um, yes, exactly right, Maddie. School crossing for no kids attending. Uh, this is after the previous two weeks knocking me out of electricity and internet on a Sunday for two weeks running because they needed to uh, put in a new driveway at Scotch College. So, I'm not going to bloody send my kids to Scotch College ever because I hate them. Um, and then, of course, I went on and did the bloody exam, which was shitful, and then something else happened, and then now this happened. So, anyway, who cares? Who cares about me? How are you guys?
0: I was going to say, that's, that's that's one of the things I actually miss from the UK, is double glazing on all the windows. Why don't we have that here?
1: Well, I've got plantation shutters on my windows, which are pretty good for um, deadening noise, but you got to understand that this was a, not just a guy with a jackhammer. This was like a a guy in a bobcat with a mechanic, like a big jackhammer, and uh, about seven or eight meters from my front window, all freaking day, all freaking day. So, uh, who was an Unley, Who said that they were an only girl just then? Me. Ah, my daughter goes to only and my son is about to go oh. to only.
0: Oh, those poor bastards.
1: No, it's better now. You probably went when yeah. it was full of uh, gangs and stuff, but it's better now.
0: No, I went when they didn't give a shit about you unless you were brilliant at sport or brilliant academically.
1: Oh, oh no, it's much better now. It's quite I actually have a lot of time for only high. It's pretty good. Um, donkey, how's things yes, up I, north, I, I might've,
0: mate? might have gone to school with some good ones.
1: Very good. Donk. How's things up north,
2: mate? Yeah, everything's travelling really well. Uh, The little break came very fortunate for me. I had to uh, feed the wife in the meantime. Um, And uh, if anyone wants to know the picturesque definition of punching above your weight, uh, there's a photo (laughs) of me in the book. So if she says she needs to be fed at uh, 8.30 at night, then I'm on the job. He's not lying, are (laughs) they? I also managed to sneak sneak an extra six-pack of VB in the fridge uh, and pull out (laughs) another two for the car so we are ready to rock
1: oh good (laughs) man and we've given you plenty of headroom today mate because uh we've kicked macker off because he just doesn't stop talking and uh pete's uh giving himself a week off so
2: the floor is yours mate the floor is yours so don't be uh i'd be a bit more apprehensive without handing over the keys like that uh fiend but um, it doesn't matter. Thank
1: you. It, it, it's fine because uh, I still got a, to I
2: still got to sneak in between you two. what,
1: what no? What I've what I've found is that uh, considering there's no footy, our listenership's cut by about two thirds. <laughs> you're, you're not going to damage that. the you're not going to damage the brand too much, mate <laughs> I was, was oh.
0: going to say, there's no super coach for donkey to ramble on about.
1: Oh no, those were the highlights. Mate, it wasn't rambling.
0: <laughs> that was terrible, <laughs> Nick. Competitions. <laughs> I loved how upset you got about competitions, Feen.
1: Bloody hell! And, well, it's still going. Like Don, I don't know whether you recall, but yeah. last week I put a hundred bucks worth of KO on the line. Hundred dollars worth of KO on the line. Do you think anyone oh, gives? Yes. A sh- Do you think anyone gives a shit? No, I've had nothing. No. I've had nothing. Yeah. And I'm not like if this is a bidding war if they're waiting for me to go up to like a, a season's subscription, they can get stuffed. 100 bucks is all I'm all I'm doing. Yeah. Um so whatever. They're all a yeah. bunch of well, bloody apathetic bastards listening. You're all a bunch of bloody hell,
2: whatever. If they if they're listening, they're not the apathetic ones. So <laughs> yeah. No, they're just, they're
0: just like either. A bunch
1: like us. <laughs> they're, they're either bedridden or... <laughs> well, j, j
0: Max says he, he prefers the term devoted.
1: And that's very true. And, look, we do love our Rusted On uh, supporters. And I'm very pleased at how well people have transitioned over to Discord. So if you want to uh, chat along, obviously, if you're watching on Facebook, you can chat along with us on Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube, you can chat along with us on YouTube. But if otherwise... You can head on over to our website, aflcrowcast.com, go to the live chat page. You'll see uh, our Discord embedded in the page there. Just set yourself up with a name and click enter and away you go. And you can join the festivities, which uh, I'm sure you'll find uh, rewarding, satisfying. I don't know what else, Donk. Enlightening? Uh, Enlightening. um, um, Invigorating. Invigorating. Yeah, I don't know about invigorating. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, um, something else, something else, uh, something else that I did, uh, and I'm just going to see if I can get this up on the uh, on on uh, Facebook and YouTube and whatnot. What I did, Donk, I started playing AFL Evolution Two last week.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Tell us about this game review. <laughs> we need some music for the segment. It's not
1: actually bad, to be honest with you. Um, you, it takes a little bit of tweaking.
2: As, oh, yeah. Are you better than you were at the Real Dream Team? Oh, well, I'm
1: better at most things than I was at Real Dream Team. No, this has taken a little while. It's taken a little while um, to um, to get the hang of it. And the game itself is a bit unbalanced. It's in need of a, a bit of patching. So, um, But thankfully, it's quite configurable in terms of all the attributes and all the different uh, parameters of the game, so you can kind of tweak it a bit uh, to get it to be a bit more balanced. Um, but uh, as JMac kindly attested on one of the other uh, channels this afternoon or yesterday, um, I-, I seem to be improving. So what we've done, oh, yeah. what we've done, Donk and Nick um, on Twitch. You can follow us on Twitch AFL Crowcast, or uh, it'll be on YouTube and Facebook as well. Um, we're going to run through the season as if the season was played, right? So we've done, last weekend, I did the uh, the Crows versus Swans round one fixture.
2: Oh, yeah. How'd we go on the replay?
1: Well, it was looking bad earlier. I think I was about four goals down and looking all at sea after the yep. first quarter. Um, yep. But we forged back into the contest by halftime. We're only, I think, three or four points down. And uh, by the end of it, we ran away, uh, Victor's by about twenty odd points. So yeah, uh, yeah. so we're uh, we're off, off and running in the virtual season twenty twenty. Um, I'll be playing the showdown tomorrow night at about eight thirty. Um, so if people want to get along, it's actually not too bad, you know. Um, I've got it playing in the background uh, on the on the graphics at the moment for people to just see what the, the gameplay looks like. And to be honest with you, I mean, it's a low-budget game, it's Aussie rules football, it's a bit glitchy, but it's still kind of fun to watch. So uh, there's a few streamers on on Twitch and whatnot that are streaming AFL Evolution 2, a couple of them quite good, Uh, the rest of them pretty much like me. Um, But uh, yeah, if you've got nothing to do at 8.30 or thereabouts on a Wednesday night... Come over and have a look, have a chat. I'll probably be having a beer or two while I play. Uh, I might even play two games, depending on how I feel. Uh, so come and have a chat and a bit of a laugh, and uh, we'll run through a couple of games and uh, see if we can get Season 2020 off and running in some way, shape or form, which segues me, lady and gentlemen, into AFL news this week. And, of course, uh, there's been continued chatter of, about the hub situation, but it looks to me less and less likely that's going to occur.
2: Yeah, I think Good. I think the uh, the move by the NRL to do what they've done have really, um, they really attract a lot of bullets. So uh, the AFL being ever gun shy, I think, would be never wanting to be bad people in these situations. So uh, the other thing the AFL needs to think about is doing themselves some long-term brand damage. You know, they've set themselves up as the family code and, you know, all those sorts of things. And uh, you can't do that and then put a lot of people at risk.
0: I think there's also the difference in between the two governments in Victoria and New South Wales. Victoria shut down a lot quicker than what New South Wales did. The New South Wales government um, sections of it are the ones who are pushing ahead and thinking this is a great idea with the NRL. I don't think Daniel Andrews' government would actually be okay um, with it. So, um I, I think that's there might be some discussions going on in the background, but I think the government, particularly in Victoria, will have a lot of say in what goes on.
2: Yeah, and the other thing too is we're not <coughs> with community transmission in those bigger states like the NT and SA look pretty good compared to those guys. But with the community transmission, it just means that uh, any sort of opening up is going to mean a pretty big flare up if uh, if things don't go right and. Uh, you know and that 's just that 'll be a disaster for a lot of a lot of old people so um, and a lot of people in general but um, yeah it 's just not something I think you can play around with and the worst thing I think we can do is open up, stop, open up, stop, open up, stop
0: yeah um, and that's the the worst thing you can do regarding the curve is you've you 've got to keep it shut, and then you've when it seems to be improving then you 've got to keep it shut a bit longer. And once it starts going down and it's got to go down enough, only then can you start to open things back up again. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to be hard.
1: I don't actually think Victoria are travelling as well as what you say, Nick. Um, their, testing oh, no. is actually, their testing compared to New South Wales and South Australia is way low. Um, Test per 1,000 or 10,000 or whatever it is that the measure is. Um, and I dare say that their actual case numbers might, would be a lot higher if they are actually testing to the same level as South Australia and New South Wales. So nevertheless, I mean, until you, you can't... Ha- to my way of thinking, and I think I think the AFL are kind of falling in line with this way of thinking, forced a bit by the AFL Players Association, uh, you can't have a season until those borders, borders are opened up. Uh, a lot of the players are worried that if you stick them in a hub... If all it takes is one case, and all of a sudden you've knocked out six teams, um, it's just not really—it's just not really workable.
0: Yeah, and and the fact is, that a lot of teams you've got. So we have some of our players, some of our interstate players have stayed here, but others have gone back home to, exactly to be with their families, etc. So trying to get them back in again—that would be difficult.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, they'd have to quarantine everybody in one place and then distribute them to the hubs and then basically have those hubs self-contained like a little Olympic village in each area, which is doable, I guess. Um,
0: It's doable, but then you've also got to... It's not just the players, it's all the officials, and then it would also have to be everybody that's providing the food for them, cleaning, or all that kind of extra stuff. So it's...
1: Oh yeah, it's a you, massive. You're
0: literally right when you said it. It's an Olympic village.
1: It would be a. It would be an Olympic village. It would be massive, massively difficult uh, logistically, and um, you know, it, you'd 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 think that it'd almost end up being revenue neutral because they'd have to play it in front of empty stadium. Uh, you wouldn't get the broadcast buy in. I don't think in terms of viewership. So you wouldn't get the ratings. Um, sponsorship dollars are drying up they, uh, apart from anything else clubs would need to reinstate a whole bunch of staff even to get going because we know that every club has actually laid off a lot of staff and some of those have yeah. actually uh, gone for good whereas others will be waiting in the wings for a call-up so um more recently we've been hearing well i've been hearing a couple of the coaches and a few other afl connected people talk about a july start and considering the AFLPA have um, said that they're quite happy to run through until December, that would still give us a uh, like essentially a five-month season. Um, and uh, with some of the other measures that they're talking about, I guess that's doable. I, I could see a five-month season, uh, 18 rounds, and uh, like a, a reworked fixture, 18 rounds, um, and they might even change it to a top six instead of a top eight.
0: And you reckon? T- yeah. yeah, I think that they will have to do some tweaking um somehow on it. But definitely I think that there's there's going to be something. And I think July sounds reasonable.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't go. Don't <coughs> No, I was gonna say <laughs> sorry, got so my throat, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, mate. It, it, <laughs> He's <laughs> got a bit of fucking Aaron twisty. Literally, Aaron twisty's just come loose to the tooth and uh, hit the back of the, ton- the tonsils at the wrong time. Um, yeah, well, look, you had a look at the... without. I became a little bit of a coronavirus nerd for a little while. Um, yes, I've noticed. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, the peak of our infection should be looking to hit in week 42 from the first week of infections and we're about week seven or eight i think at the moment into it so you know realistically they're not actually talking about it you know the worst of it being over until uh you know december january type of time it's it there will have to be there'll have to be a decision made at some point about you know how how widespread the community spread of this is yep. and how um and on on what things are being opened up so i mean you couldn't i don't think you can imagine Playing footy, but you know, not still not being able to go to a restaurant and things like that. So it's just going to be, you know, and the other big decision that will be coming soon will be, you know, when kids go back to school and those sorts of things. So it's, uh, 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 I, I think there's still too many unknown unknowns for anyone to be making any real sort of, you know, assessment of where we're going to be.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right, Donk. Um, you know, it's it's difficult i don't know it's probably the same for you in, in northern territory but in south australia because our um cases have dropped off dramatically to the point of you know single digits for the last few days um it's very easy to think that there's light at the end of the tunnel but you only have to look at countries like singapore and japan who were you know singapore in particular was supposed to child for uh, containing the virus and yet they actually haven't flattened their curve at all. Their their cases, whilst they've been lower, have been not diminishing. Um, and there's other countries that, having weakened their restrictions, are now uh, suffering an increase again of, of cases. So... And you wouldn't want to be the government that pulled the trigger too early, would you? And uh, just... Which resulted in a few more unnecessary deaths. You just wouldn't want to be that government. So... I, You know, uh, I'm not a fan of uh, Scotty for marketing, but I would not like to be in his position at the moment, trying to balance the needs of the economy um, and public perception and uh, the reality of how this virus operates.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also generally not a fan of Scotty for marketing, but I actually think he, they haven't done too badly as a whole in the country. When you have a look at the way other countries have handled what we're going through right now. Um uh, I think nationally and all the local leaders or most of the local leaders seem to be actually looking after us first rather than worrying too much about the other stuff. But the the next big problem is how we're going to feed our families. Um, and that is going to bite pretty soon. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh,
1: I don't think there'd be many families completely unaffected. I was saying to you off air, Donk, that I'm very fortunate with my own job and yet two of my uh, immediate family have lost theirs. So, uh you know, uh, if if it doesn't happen to us directly, it certainly happens to people in our in our immediate vicinity. And um, they're talking about unemployment rising to 10% um, by the second half of the year. And that's, you know, that's 1970s numbers. <laughs> we haven't seen 10% unemployment for a long, long time.
2: Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's,
1: look, it's... let's not get too depressed about stuff like that because we're here to talk about footy. Uh, Not that there's a huge amount to talk about, but I did want to talk about... (laughs) I did want to talk about something that was raised, and it seems that the virus has uh, enabled every idea known to man to be raised. We've had chatter about the hub. We've had chatter about reducing numbers on the field, and now we're having chatter about increasing the draft age. Another one of my pet bugbears, the draft age... Um, there's been chatter about now being the opportunity for us to raise it to 19. Um Nikki, what are your thoughts?
0: Um I, we we we've, we've kind of t- touched on this a little bit before and I'm I'm a bit on the on the side of it. actually I think it's probably a good idea to push it that little bit out. Um and because what it does is it's it's not putting pressure on those kids straight out of year 12 and that the fact that they're so they can then actually experience a little bit of life um, they can focus a bit more on that schooling if that's the way they want to go or they can start working in a trade while still um, trying to get into football as a career because we know that not that many of them actually make it all the way through or are successful like a, a Walker or a Sloan. Um, so I am I do kind of like a bit of the US system where they are a bit older coming in but can also play until they're older. So it's, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Um, I, although the only person I saw mention it publicly was Bevo, which I usually just say no to because... He's a dickhead. Um, uh, I do, uh, there's a few things about, and Nikki's smarter than me with um, sports injuries and things like that, but I've seen quite a bit of, you know, media discussion around, you know, young players being put through the traps really early and yep. and the harder they've worked as a, you know, in that, that younger age, the more their bodies have been breaking down. Yep. And if you have a look at, like, the NFL do yeah. their drafting, which is they make them go through a couple of years of, of college whereas the nba uh you can either do a one or done and, and back in the day you could just go straight through yeah it's they're different like there's a different and i hate this word because it's not a word but there's a different physicality with the sports there's whereas yes, you know good. footy footy 360 running you know you're getting smashed in every direction your body's not mature you know if you're being if you're you're sam walsh or some uh, yeah, sam walsh you know you're playing afl from the age of you know, eighteen years old, you're getting smashed by you know full bodied um, um, full body blokes in opposing teams every week in the week out, and you want one of star ball. And it's like you're, you know, it's career limiting behaviour. If you ever look at someone like Chris Judd, if you think of the 2001 draft, Chris Judd went to the Weagles, was a star player basically from day dot. You know, got premierships and Brownlows really, really early on, um, and retired. You know, five six years before Gary Ablett, who was recruited in the same draft, or yep or your Hodge and Mitchell. So, you know, is it really that much of a problem? The other thing too is I think you start to eliminate a lot of the problems that you're going to get with um, draft busts because people have a little, in a couple more years of maturing uh, during that time. And I don't know about the, my listeners on the cast, but at 18 years of age, you know, being trusted with a couple of hundred grand in my back pocket and, 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 you know, having a footy is the only thing you're doing in your life. That's not necessarily uh you know, it's a defining time in your life. And if you're, if you're getting everything handy on the plate, you haven't really had to fight your way through stuff. And that extra couple of years I think could be uh, quite pivotal to a lot of kids coming through.
0: I think you, you raise a brilliant point there, um, John, particularly regarding the injuries, because the other name I'd bring up is Cruiser. Matty Cruiser breaks down every year. And when he's playing and he's up up and about, he's he's such a good player and Carlton need him, but he always does these most amazing injuries every year and I've always thought it's that load that they played him too young yeah. and there was too much emphasis put on him. Another advantage I think for it actually is, is the lower legs. It's the SNFL, the VFL because these kids are going to have to have somewhere to play because mm. they're going to stop playing the under-18s they then have to go and start playing against mature bodies. Yeah. It's going to actually keep some of that talent, mm, and that's a double edged sword, though, people- I think. It might actually draw some people back to those leagues.
1: Well, it could. I mean, I've got some very firm views about the draft age. I actually think it should be twenty. I think it shouldn't even be nineteen. I think it should be twenty. Um, yeah. But the point you raised about the lower leagues, look then. The good kids are going to be in lower leagues for one season before they get drafted. It's not going to drag people back, Nick. In fact, it's going to infuriate the lower leagues because they're going to have a constant turnover of top-end talent that they've uh, developed. Invested in. Yep. And I actually think that there needs to be, instead of a reserves team, there needs to be an under-20s comp uh, to replace the TAC Cup. Um, And uh, kids should graduate from their... um, elite programs at club level uh, into that uh, under-20s competition at national level. Run around in that competition for a couple of years. It gives a lot of exposed form to recruiters, scouts, clubs, etc., etc. It enables kids to get used to the rigours of um, AFL football, um, physical and also mental. Um, And I think... Anything less than that is just going to be piecemeal Uh, because on top of lifting the draft age, what I think needs to also happen at junior level is that they need to lift the initial state squad age. At the moment, and I can only speak for the men, but at the moment, the first state squad is picked at under 12 level. Right, We're talking primary school level. Now, Once those kids get picked into a state squad, or even if they get picked to go out and try out for a state squad, they're immediately on the radar of the, in South Australia, the SANFL junior development scouts and teams and whatnot. So invariably they then enter a development squad, um, which starts at under-12 level. Um, It goes through until under-16 level where they actually play games. Um, and then obviously you're under 18 level where they play, um, you know, a, a full season essentially. The complicating factor, or well, a couple of complicating factors there is that by the time these kids hit 18, and particularly if they're in elite programs and also going to private schools, they have played a shit ton of football. They have, they have played football three or four times a week for five or six years of their life. Um the the private schools don't let up, so you've got to go to private school training if you want to play first eleven and the development squads don't let up so you've got to go out and train if you want to have a run uh in your uh in your SNFL team. So these kids are training three to five times a week and playing at least one and sometimes two games on a weekend. It's too much. It's too much. And you talk about blokes like Cruiser and Judd and, you know, there's, it's debatable whether them having so much football at a junior age has contributed to them breaking down at senior level. But I don't think it would do kids any harm to start the pathway later, say at 15, and get to their elite squad at 18 with their SANFL clubs in South Australia and if they're good enough, they get picked up by a TAC, let's call it TAC Cup, but an under 20 competition um, team, they run around for a couple of years and then they get drafted. That's what I would like to see.
0: Well, <laughs> because I come from gymnastics, as sport, we... Um, they identify those kids when they were five and your career, and particularly for female, your career is over by 18. So um, I do think that's a bit harsh and I have kind of wanted to see that change um, a bit. So I do think that, that extending it out to 20.
2: So you're saying it's probably too late for me in gymnastics, Nicky. <clears throat>
0: never too late, um, right. It's never too late because I started at 18 and a half and retired at 30. Um, and I do actually have a couple of Australian titles. Yeah, but I was well, at my level.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm pretty sure the horse would be under a fair bit of dress if I'm jumping up. <laughs>
0: yeah, this, is, this is why I have dodgy hamstrings
2: horse, That horse would definitely
1: be bolting, uh, Doc. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, there's no way I'm getting on top of it. I'll be hitting it from the front. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I do think if if you're doing it, if you still have that under-18 comp and then to an under-20, I think that would actually work really well, Fane, because you've got two years and what it means is whilst a lot of those kids are possibly going to get drafted, you've still got kids that won't because they're 18, 19 will be playing in those teams, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So I I think that's actually a really good idea. And for me, I think it's also where I think it's quite good is the fact that most of those kids, if they're doing it, a lot of them would be at university as well. So you're juggling study, you're juggling um, elite sport. And yes, a lot of the universities um, have programs for elite sports people and kind of help them their way through it, et cetera. But they've still got to hit those particular marks, which will actually benefit them going into an AFL club environment where it is still very regimented and you have to do things to time but, slots.
1: you know, you know what? Even even if they don't not doing uni or not doing a trade or whatever, what it does is allow them to start later. Because I've seen I've said it this time and time again: blokes are making decisions on kids that haven't stopped growing yet, um, and it's such a crapshoot. And it's why we get so many busts at the top end of the draft because it is a crapshoot. When you've got so much money at stake, now, this is a high level professional sport in Australia now. Clubs are spending tons of money on kids and it's not the kids fault you know not the kids fault at all but kids develop differently and kids don't stop developing at 16 or 17 my lad grew like six inches between 17 and 19 for goodness sake you know i mean and he's that's not abnormal so these kids need an opportunity for their bodies to develop so that they can take a little bit more weight training also, by going straight from their junior development squads to an elite under-20 competition, if they don't happen to get drafted, then the league clubs that develop them can uh, can then get value for their development because those kids, you know, they can get first right to those kids back at whatever club they came from in the first place that developed them. So, it to my way of thinking, doing something like that supports the development pathway that it's been... Uh, funded and, and operated by volunteers at club, at grassroots club level it gives the kids a later start so their bodies got a little bit more time to develop it allows them to finish their schooling it allows them to play in an elite competition at national level without having to give away their whole life to do it and it gives the, the developing club something on the way back for those kids who don't happen to make it i, I don't see a downside and i I do hope that the conversation continues. I don't think they'll do an under-20s. They'll probably do an under-19s. But I do hope the conversation continues because I think it's it's the big chink in the armour of the AFL and Aussie rules in general at the moment is the pathway. I think we've got it terribly wrong.
2: Yeah, I think... Uh, I think... Uh, I think... <clears throat> With this whole situation, there's going to be a whole lot of people that have a look at the way they do things and things that have been done just because they've been done that way for a long time. You know, now it's the time to review and have a look at some of those systems and and this this seems like a bit of a, a an easy one to have a look at. And if you have a look at even the drafting profile, of a lot of clubs lately, you know, there's quite often a, a few uh, you know second third year players that are playing in state league somewhere that are coming through in the earlier rounds of the draft now. So it's not even that the clubs aren't necessarily looking in those places. So uh, a pivot, I don't think, has to be you know the end of the world.
1: Anyway, we'll see how that develops. Um, you know, the AFL can be a bit monolithic at times, except when they're tweaking rules, uh, in which case they seem to jump left, right, and centre. But on major changes like this, uh, they seem to move slowly. But I think if uh, Steve Hocking achieves one thing uh, during his tenure. If he could redress and correct uh, the pathways for men's AFL footy um, and make it more equitable for all the stakeholders players, clubs, parents, coaches, everyone um, then I think he would have earned his keep. Um, mm. What's been going on in Adelaide Crow's social media land? I'm not, and by the way, this is a Canecorns free zone, so I'm not going to talk about that shit that he keeps stirring up.
2: Uh, well,. Uh I did notice today, I'm not sure if everyone's aware, but Benny Davis was in a Hungry Jacks commercial and uh, that seems to course, quite a stir within the playing group. Was he? Yeah, he was uh, picked up by um, some ad recruiters in a shopping centre in, uh, in uh, Sydney a few years ago and uh, with his girlfriend at the time. Uh was supposed to just be an extra, but the uh, actual paid actors were uh, no good, couldn't get it done in 20 takes <laughs> each. So uh, <laughs> they've thrown to the big Benny Davis and he's, he's knocked it out of the park. Sensational. That
0: so, uh, doesn't surprise me.
2: He is, he is my bacon deluxes of all time. So happy <laughs> <does>. <laughs> There's There's been a lot, of,
1: uh, a lot of back and forth about uh, various challenges and whatnot. I see Texas has uh, got on the recipe bandwagon. Um, I just can't equate Taylor Walker to good cooking advice, so I can't mate, really take that seriously.
2: Mate, omelets aren't cooking. Omelets are cracking a couple of eggs in the bowl and throwing some other stuff in there. That's 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 so B grade. Come on, Tex, lift your game. Yeah, I want it, to see a lasagna, mate. <laughs> a lasagna.
0: He's he's building up to it. He's no Chrissy Teigen yet,
2: mate. He's he's thirty years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. You know yeah.
1: You, it's you a saw bit saw like you and the you donk saw and saw the horse saw. donk.
0: <laughs> Mate, I was... you, you slowly draw people in and then you start to you know you don't start off at the top and then fall away you've got to build up to the peak now
2: my, my favorite meme of the uh, of the slowdown period has been all these people are saying by the end of this they're going to be great cooks or uh or alcoholics and i just am i uh and i thought the the great sort of finish offline was uh, uh i'm already a great cook and a third generation alcoholic thank you you guys are just underachievers Um, thats a
1: tough crowd. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to remember why we drown you out, Nettle. No, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Look, no, no, sorry. I was just distracted because I was looking at the AFC website, actually looking for content that we could uh, that we could. Uh, Chuck onto the show here, and it's slim bloody pickings, I tell you. And I really appreciate people who have actually tuned in to listen because fucking.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I was gonna say though, um, even though I know that you're doing, your games on Wednesday at eight thirty, there is now there is some now some sport to watch at six thirty on a Wednesday night. What's that? And I watched it last week it's the supercars e series. Oh
1: my god, how Super- good is that?
0: That was brilliant and I love it because Win Cup can't win because he's useless because he's down the pack. But that was oh my god, so funny. Um particularly the way the cars go flying through the air.
1: Oh that that uh that got who was it that got hit and went and catapulted into the air. I can't remember who it was. But that was hilarious.
0: Oh, um Kelly.
1: Yeah. And the uh, commentators rightly said he didn't put a hair out of place. Look, if yeah. you just switched that on and you weren't aware that it was uh, virtual racing, it would take you a few minutes to register because all the uh, pre-race um, drone footage and all that, that's actually in-game footage. That's not yeah. real footage, you know. And yes, the cars uh, are very easily spotted as being virtual, but the actual textures of the track and the grass and all the rest of it is is just amazing and... The uh, the sophistication that goes into some of those simulators with pneumatic pedals and uh, motion uh, motion sensing chairs and uh, feed force feedback through the steering wheel it's not like driving but it's not far off um, and those blokes put on a really good show and I thought Fox slash KO presented it really really well too
0: and the commentators were all social distancing. They had the, yes, uh, the right degree of space between between each them. I do love the the two guys in the pit crew still had their pit passes on. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> and, and the big news, was, Nick. It... The big hey. news. The big news is that Scotty McLaughlin uh, has actually gone and kicked some ass uh, against the indie drivers. Yeah. Uh, in oh, E Series, yeah. uh, came third in the in the third race. I think it was at Daytona or something like that. But more and importantly, sick. more importantly, Nicky, this week, Max Verstappen has gained a wild card into the V8 Supercars E Series. He's going to be <gasps> driving a Holden with uh, Red Bull livery, and he's oh, going to be. Is that because Wink
0: up so shit?
1: No, no, no. It's just because Verstappen's so good. He does a lot of sim racing, yeah, and he, does. Uh, he likes the supercars. Uh, he's already had a crack. Um, you know, in practice and all the rest of it. And I reckon that'll be great viewing because Max doesn't like a bit of a chirp, doesn't mind a bit of a chirp, I should say, and uh, is competitive. I reckon he'd be competitive uh, playing marbles. So uh, that'll be good fun to watch.
0: And because it's through Twitch, they're all actually talking to each other.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
0: Um, And so we don't have those videos yet of the comments that are made because there definitely has been a little bit of squaring up occurring already. Yep. Um, And the fact of how competitive they were and what I also loved was that whilst the game has a a lot of in-game penalties, they still had Craig Baird, the driving, and he was giving out penalties. They were still treating it as if it was a proper race. They were were
1: trying to.
0: They they were trying (laughs) to. They were trying to,
1: I, let in let's the not second let's race, yeah
0: so somebody lost his win and he was not happy about it
1: yeah no look let's let's not overplay it. it's a bit of fun but it, it's very it well was. put together the sponsors obviously uh, are getting value which is a big deal for motor car racing because there's so much yep. reliance on sponsorship money both for the drivers and also for the teams um, and it was shown I think when um, one of the drivers rocked up at practice with super Mario Kart. Uh, costume on but he wasn't actually allowed to wear it during the race uh for sponsorship reasons so it's a good way for the sport to get uh sponsorship uh, value it's a good way for people to uh, for them to uh, get people to remain engaged in the sport it's a bit of fun iRacing is a fantastic platform um and uh you know, it's almost up to the level, donk, of uh, Crowcast AFL Evolution Two, which you can see on Twitch <laughs> Wednesday nights at eight thirty. If you if after? you want if yeah if you want uh, AFL football simulation, um, then uh, you won't find any. But uh, if you want the second best thing, you'll find a uh, Crocast Round Two Showdown Wednesday night versus Port Adelaide at the Oval. Um, followed by whoever was supposed to be playing at run round three if i haven't rage quit by then you, um, you
2: do the best you do some of the best simulation going around phoenix <laughs> well there's only about six of us actually the guy that does, the guy that does the best stream
1: the guy that does the best stream actually worked on the game i think he did a lot of the voicing uh, for the game and it's quite funny because they've stuffed up the voicing they've actually reversed it So you get Gary Lyon, during a showdown, you get Gary Lyon referring to Adelaide but calling him Port Adelaide, which I reckon is actually quite realistic. Um, Yeah,
0: that's actually quite realistic.
1: Yeah, but they've messed it up, so hopefully they patch a few things. But it's a bit of fun, and like I said, a few beers and a few laughs. J-Mac is very supportive, Um, he's my number one fan on Twitch, Uh, and number two and number three, and number 20 <laughs> no 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 but uh, see how you go otherwise you can catch a replay on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch or wherever the hell else have we got anything to bloody fill out our time with or are we just about going to let these people uh, out of their misery and uh, move they're, on with life
0: doing emojis in the chat yeah
1: see that's the equivalent of the Mexican wave and I, <laughs> yeah. think, I, I think that's actually uh, time for us to say goodbye so look Thank you once again to everyone who supports our podcast by coming on and chatting, uh, even during this trying time. Uh, Thanks to everyone who continues to support us on Patreon. I can't believe it. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, To everyone who follows us on Facebook and YouTube and every other platform, thank you very much. And uh, all being well, we will see you guys next Tuesday. Until then, stay safe, be good,
0: and uh, we'll see you later. O- Nein, Nano. Oh.